Hey there, Yuris here, and welcome to the Community Life. Here we talk with the amazing humans from the community world about their journeys and learn from each other. And today we have a conversation with Jen Serrat, a passionate community builder who was born in France, raised in Canada, studied in the US, worked in South Korea and Spain, lived in seven different countries, and who firmly believes that a key ingredient to success is people and even built her wedding website on a community platform and turned her guest list into community members. So, hello, Jen. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Yuri. Thanks for having me. It's it's been it's been forever. It's been forever since our last conversation, but it doesn't feel like that. It feels like we mm. always somewhere in the community world. It feels like I always see your face here and there. So it Same. doesn't feel like it didn't maybe talk. a three so, degrees of separation. Not yeah. That. So tell me, what are those seven countries you lived in? Um, so I was born in France, as you mentioned. My dad's French. My mom is Canadian, so I also lived in Canada. And um, then uh, lived in the U.S. for 10 years. I also lived in South Korea, Australia, Spain for six, and now I'm in Berlin, Germany. What is your favorite, what is your favorite country? Um, <clears throat> I have to say that I was very, very impressed by South Korea. Hmm. Um, and I wish I had stayed longer. Um, so in order not to have a similar regret in the future, when I moved to Spain, I thought I would stay longer. And I did six years <laughs> and I loved it. I have, um, I have a very strong connection to it and now um that's where i met my my now husband and now we are in berlin so i would say the top two are definitely spain and south korea how did you choose where to move next okay you're gonna think i'm crazy but <laughs> maybe um, you are you never know <laughs> <laughs> um well maybe actually i feel like maybe you'll appreciate this so when i lived in spain <laughs> uh rafa oh my husband um rafa and i were saying okay let's try something else um let's see um what other country has you know a booming job market you know tech booming anywhere um, i also was trying to see what other country um i would have more chances in finding a community role because as we know in europe community is not as well known as in the in north america and so what i did is I created a comparative table <laughs> with um, four different countries. So those were Denmark, Copenhagen, Zurich, Switzerland, Berlin, Germany. Mm -hmm. And just because I wanted to see how Spain compared, I also added Madrid, Spain. And um, I added points or graded different criteria for each of the country. It was during COVID, so of course COVID was high on the list as to how the government was managing it. Um, so all of that stuff was how big the expat community was, how big my alumni um, university group was, if we knew friends, family, you know, the government happiness index, all of that stuff. And maybe not surprisingly, guess which one came out on top? Where you are right now, I guess. <laughs> No, no, no. no okay. um, it was uh, Copenhagen. Hmm. Copenhagen came in first, Zurich came in second, and Berlin came in third. And, but we had a stronger pull and attraction towards Berlin. Okay. Um, and we we visited it. We had fun there. Um, there was, and the main um, deciding factor was that my family, my aunt and uncle, my cousins lived in Hamburg, so it was close mm. to them. So in the end, we decided. Family Berlin. one. So, yeah, <laughs> so we've been in Berlin for two years now. And why Berlin, not Hamburg? Because Berlin is the spot. Yo, <laughs> Yuri! I mean, there's so much happening there. Hamburg is beautiful, though. I must say, Hamburg is a prettier city than Berlin. Um, which means it's also more expensive, but it's more family oriented if you want something. Um, if you want to be somewhere calmer to raise a family and we were not there at that stage in our life. 
So what languages do you speak? Um, I speak English, French, and Spanish. I am too intimidated to take on German, but I should. You know, I should. I think it's so important <laughs> to learn the language of the country you live in or just like stay in. And uh, it just also shows you know, respect for for its citizens and people. So um, I will eventually take up German. <laughs> I feel like the minus of Berlin is that you don't even have to know German to be there, to live there. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, we do get by. We have been getting by in the last two and a half years. Um, we work in, in English, all of our friends. Like, I don't. The good thing about Berlin is that whenever we walk down the street on the sidewalks, I rarely hear, hear German. I just hear, I mean, there's German, but it's the first country that I've been in where I just hear a bunch of different languages um, yeah, yeah. spoken. It's so amazing. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, government, bureaucracy, all of that stuff, all in German. Yeah, exactly. So when will you learn German? Um, ich weiß. Ich, ich nicht weiß. I don't will, know that's nicht. right. It means I don't know. <laughs> ich, ich, ich. ich weiß nicht. <laughs> Got But it. Soon enough, yeah. I think this year, for sure. At least you already know a few words. I also know a few words, you know, because of Duolingo. So I, I, I definitely, I definitely know how it feels. Wait, you try, you, you create, weren't you like a top Duolingo, like member, learner? You posted uh, that on LinkedIn. Yeah, something like it. that. You know, I'm I'm just having fun there because so I know Ukrainian, I know Russian, I know English, I know Polish. So I'm learning Spanish, I'm learning German, Italian, French, Arabic, Japanese, Chinese. Okay. So you... enough enough. Yes. <laughs> Are you human? I feel You're like not. I feel like I'm a robot. I'm a robot. I don't, don't, <laughs> don't mess with my program. <laughs> no, that's amazing. I'm always impressed by whatever accomplishments you list or share with us. But you know, the funniest thing that um, I understand that languages are okay. If we are talking about, for example, Spanish and Italian, they are very similar. If we are talking about English and German, they're kind of similar. So you can always find some similarities here and there. But if let's say, compare, for example, English with Japanese or with Arabic, they are totally different. And I'm thinking, okay, so it means that people in Japan and in Arabic countries, they're thinking totally differently. And, you know, just, I do just one Duolingo lesson a day of each language. And uh, it helps me to work to uh, kind of train my brain. And yes. It, sure. I don't know, maybe maybe just the thing I'm telling myself, but I feel like it helps me to understand other cultures. Because like if they have this, mm -hmm. this hard from my perspective uh, alphabet and this hard from my perspective language, like how, how do they even think? So, I know, you know, and they have completely different scripture, but on top of that, like you mentioned your brain, this is really good for your cognitive abilities. That helps you down the line. So it keeps yeah. your brain sharp. Um, so yes. I should uh, take and the, and the fun thing to share on LinkedIn always, you know, like I I, I learn a, a bunch of language and people are like, oh my god, wow, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, but since you're talking about cultures, um, yeah, learning the differences through the the languages, I'm sure you've heard of the culture map. I keep like recommending this book to everybody. It's really good and easy read. Um, so I would recommend people that again. Talking about cultures, how did those different cultures in the places you lived in influence you? So I have a story from South Korea. <laughs> the, um, when I first started, so South Korea is very, has a culture very fixated on beauty. Mm. Um, and um, when I was there, I may have discovered it or interacted with it in a harsh way but um i learned to kind of just brush it off and remind myself that's just you know it's normal for them um but one was uh so i was teaching english in south korea and in the class i have a korean co-teacher co mm -hmm. <laughs> and um very nice she's great i must say 
And she, um, I was showing her a picture of myself as a kid. I think, I think we were teaching like five or six years old children. So I showed her a picture of myself when I was five or six. And she said, Oh, wow. Did you have plastic surgery? You look so much prettier now. <laughs> What a compliment. So I was like, Oh, no, I just had braces, but uh, uh, I haven't had plastic surgery. And then the second time, it was six months into my contract, and she takes me aside while we're on an outdoor trip with the children, and she said, Jen, did you gain weight? You were so much prettier when you first started. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, I mean, you know, anybody would be like, what? How dare you? I'm so yeah, happy. yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's it's true, right? I was eating so many kimbap. They're so good, bibimbap and everything else. So like, <laughs> it was maybe just a wake up call that okay, I should probably go to the gym right now. <laughs> and it totally shows the difference in culture because if somebody yeah. will say something like that in Europe or in the US, people like will be like crazy. Yeah, because their perception is just different and. So I, I didn't take it personally, and uh, but it, it's always a fun story to, to share. But I feel like it still was hard not to take it personally. Yes, and believe me, there are some times when I do things, I do take things personally and something I'm working on. But for some reason, I wasn't, I wasn't that offended. I mean, it's done a little bit, but... Was it also, because... Yeah, yeah, please go on. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, also, when I first got there, so I got there in October, so it was Halloween, hmm. and I dressed up as Catwoman, I think, because the the Batman with, uh, you know, the Christopher Nolan Batman came out. Or, I don't remember. Um, mm -hmm. And so I was Catwoman, so I was wearing this spandex suit. <laughs> and Koreans were stopping me on the street to take pictures with me. It was so weird. It was so weird. But obviously, I was like, hi, okay, yeah, sure, take a picture. I felt like a tiny celebrity for like five minutes. <laughs> oh, it's so fun. Yeah, it's... And I I, I can't imagine somebody doing... Uh, yeah, I, I kind of can't imagine somebody doing this in the US or in Europe. But yeah, it's definitely... I feel like it's huge difference in culture. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it, it really teaches you to understand that people are different mm -hmm. and uh, yeah as, as you said do not don't take it personally but kind of like try to understand what's behind yeah. and but i must say um the south koreans like uh, that were around our age um were super friendly they always wanted to talk to us get to know us um very open and always inviting you to spots so I, I had really the best time in South Korea. I really like broadened my perspective, opened up the doors. After that, I, I said, I'm not going back home. <laughs> and, um, and so I went to Australia. Um, and I worked for Greenpeace for a bit. And then, um, and then I went to, to Spain. Have you ever had the same costumes after that Halloween? <laughs> no. No, because I had gained weight, remember? So. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's like trauma for life. But after... I do love Halloween, um, uh, especially doing the makeup on the face, like skulls or the clowns or something like that. But no, I do. What was your favorite Halloween costume? Except for Catwoman. <laughs> um, I'll send you a few pictures so you can see... Um, But this past year, I dressed up as um, a bride from Dias de los Muertos. Hmm. So I also had a tight suit with all flowers and the flower crown. And I did do my makeup. Wow. Hmm. What about you? I feel like it's... I, I'm, I'm bad at having costumes. Yeah. My, my best costume is like wearing nice t-shirt or something like that so and the funny thing that says you know, this is my costume <laughs> and and talking about talking about culture like i didn't know what halloween is up to i don't know 
25 years or something like that because in Ukraine we just recently started to celebrate Halloween just you know because of the US influence and all the stuff but it was never the like the party Halloween party like we, ne we never had something like that so we didn't have this uh, chance to try that so it's kind of not incorporated it's not in my blood mm -hmm. so yeah I, 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 I just yeah I just love seeing people in different nice and weird costumes so, <laughs> <laughs> so. but yeah Western Europe is um, has become has made Halloween a little more popular and it's funny because I think it comes from it's not even American it comes from Ireland I think um, but I really love the Coco movie Love it. I cry every time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I still, I still have this song uh, when he was singing to yeah. this. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. And have you seen Encanto? Since we're talking ah, about it's Pixar it's the best. Movies. It's the best movie. It's the best Those movie two, about like the community. Any... Even though we're not talking about community building, but that's exactly. I always say that Mirabel is uh, an uh, example of community builder because. It seems like she doesn't have superpowers, but her superpower is exactly, you know, helping others to yeah. really have their superpowers. Mm -hmm. Love it. So it's 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 amazing. So you know, let's start from the beginning. Tell me about your parents. Who are they? Well, I'm trying to figure out where to start. So my. Both my parents were born in Morocco, and um, I have a family that dates back hundreds of years of living there. Wow. And then my parents were a first-generation immigrant to France for my dad and Canada for my mom. And the funny story with my mom is that my grandparents had applied for a visa in Australia mm. and Brazil and Canada. But I think the story is that Canada uh, granted them the visa first. So that's why there's a Canada there. And my dad, yeah, uh, went to went to France. Um, so now they both live in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like the love for travels is just in your blood. <laughs> Yeah, and I think, uh, I don't know, I think maybe the my connection to Spain comes from this Moroccan side, you know, Iberia, Spanish Peninsula, all of that. So, so yeah, although my travel, I don't know why, because I thought, you know, when I moved to the States, talking about cultures again, mm -hmm. in the States I went to, I did my undergrad there, and... Um, there, it's common after graduation, if you're in a relationship, you move in together, you get a dog, you get engaged, you get married, you have kids. Oh, okay. sorry. You buy the house first. Ah. <laughs> and then, you know, you have kids. <laughs> or whichever. And that was for me too soon because most of my friends would do that at 25, 26. And I was thinking, okay, I'm totally integrated into the American culture. I've been there since I was 16. I loved it. Um, but I felt like, well, I have my French passport. I could do something with that. And so that's when <clears throat> I decided, okay, if I don't get this promotion at work, then that's my sign to <laughs> go teach in South Korea. Because I was like, everybody would always have these happy hours, go to the same bars, and I, I just got bored. And... It wasn't for me, so I was dragged to this happy hour, and that and good thing I went because that's where I met someone who had just returned from South Korea, and mm. so <clears throat> that kind of lit up, gave me that light bulb. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do that too. <laughs> I'm gonna do that too, and so I did. It I didn't get sign. the promotion, and I, did, and I went, and it was the beginning of the rest of my life. Two signs. <laughs> mm. Yeah. How do you how do you feel about signs in life? So, I'm, I believe, I do believe that, I do believe in fate, 
mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that I'm hands off and I let things happen. I like to guide my life um, in the direction that I want, giving a giving it a little push. Um, so I don't, for example, let life happen to me. I like to make life happen for myself. Um, in terms of signs, I I haven't really focused too much on. Oh, this is a sign. Until recently, something happened where. I know things just kind of lined up and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, we have to, we have to guide our life in that direction now and see what comes out of it. Um, but otherwise I don't necessarily wait for signs and then make a decision. It's I got all- a sign <laughs> and it opened up my eyes. <laughs> I am happy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you like, you like singing. How, how often do you go to karaoke's? <laughs> I love to sing and I think in a past life I was a singer or an entertainer <laughs> or an actor um, I love to go karaoke here they have um, karaoke rooms and we go often with some friends but I have huge stage fright and um, super nervous and for that reason I feel like I haven't succeeded as a singer <laughs> Um, I actually auditioned for the X Factor and the voice and wow. in the state. And wow, that experience was something else because it's not at all what's put on TV. I remember I was so nervous. It was in um, a huge basketball court and uh, everybody auditioned simultaneously. Hmm. But everybody was divided with like black curtains. So you can <laughs> you can hear everybody's thing right when you were about to go on. And I remember when I went on, I was so nervous. I took my contacts lens out, so I, everything would be blurry and I wouldn't see anybody. And I remember they, there was, um, I went to, and I got, I got these like tiny ass, you know, little flasks of vodka or something. And I just took quick liquid, liquid courage. <laughs> liquid courage. <shot. laughs> liquid courage. <laughs> and um, the two people who were in my, who I happened to have to sing in front of were two producers. And one <laughs> of them was the, an actual producer that's been seen on TV. Wow. So I was like, you know, freaking out. And <laughs> right before it was my turn to sing, there was this woman who had a powerhouse voice. Like, I'm the reason why I think these are fake is because she was not let through. What an amazing voice. And then I just come in and I'm like, you know, Bonnie Raitt, let's give him something to talk about. Probably not the best choice of song, but, but you know, they're like, oh, well, it's a no for today. Um, that was an experience. And even though that you have this, uh, being kind of being afraid of stage, you are event organizer and you're a community builder and you're working with a lot of events and you definitely go to a stage. So, Do you have it every time you go on stage or maybe you've learned somehow to manage it? Yes, I have it every time. Um, and I never managed it until two years ago, a year and a half ago, where I said, okay, this is crazy. You need enough to is enough. <laughs> yeah. Like I got so nervous at some point that I wanted to back out and cancel like right when it was about to be my turn to go on stage 30 seconds prior and I was like why am I doing this to myself <laughs> why do I don't need to think people don't need to hear me think but it ended up being an amazing experience mm. um, and yeah after that I was like this can't be healthy so I started meditating um, and I started reading about um, um, your brain so I'm currently reading this book called The Chimp Paradox mm. And have you heard about it? I've heard. I, I even have it in, on my to-read list. So it's yes. somewhere somewhere close. <laughs> so real quick summary. Uh, the first chapter was all I needed pretty much to read. I felt like okay. I don't need to read the rest of the book. But the first chapter kind of tells you that when you are made in the womb, you're um, created with two brains, with two mm. different personalities, the frontal lobe and um, what's called the limbic mode. I'm probably saying it wrong, but the frontal lobe is your human personality, the ones that's logic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the chimp part and the chimp is based on all of your emotions. 
you could you could see why it's called the chimp because chimps are very unstable emotional beings <laughs> and so anytime you are you know the chimp is um is is responsible for your survival mm-hmm. so anytime you feel like you're about to die which is obviously an over exaggeration going on stage is not going to kill me the <laughs> chimp is like run get the hell out of there <laughs> So about anything whenever you feel stressed I'm now through learning this book I'm managing and I'm realizing like okay this is my chimp talking I'm totally fine nothing has happened so you know the human and the chimp they like fight <laughs> to take control um, Now I I can imagine creating this some kind of ritual before going on stage like to eat some bananas and if people ask like why do you eat I I'm just feeding my chimp you know <laughs> Nice one, Yuri. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm learning I'm to be a stand-upper. <laughs> it's like it's like that Snickers or the is it Snickers Snickers bar? Oh, the chimp, he's just hungry. Yeah, yeah exactly. You're not you when you're hungry. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> how how much did you use imagination when you were a kid? Um, I want to say um the you know. I, I, I don't necessarily remember, but recently, you probably have seen this, there has been this article out or people uh, being surprised that, you know, half of the population, don't quote me on the statistics, but um, has an internal monologue or has an internal voice where they speak to mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. And I was part of the group that thought everybody had that because I had it. And so... Just because I have it, now I'm thinking that it is likely that I had a pretty high imagination as a child. Um, but and the imagination just leads to this creativity. So I think that's also why I really love the creativity that comes in community work. And that should I ever transition out of community or do a work that's parallel to community, it would have to have a creative aspect to it. And it's also so great to have somebody like you to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with my three different personalities in my brain. <laughs> have you seen this movie Split? Yes. So, yeah, we're, I, I, feel, I, I feel I feel like not, not 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 to not to <laughs> that level, yeah. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> it's Jen. <laughs> Just Jen. <laughs> How competitive are you? I don't like competition. I don't like competition at all because it feeds into the stress and it feeds the chimp. <laughs> so um, I prefer, I mean, obviously competi- com- competition is inevitable. Um, sometimes, you know, if I win, if I see that I'm winning, then I'll get more competitive. Um, and I think with age, you know because of wisdom and your experience that you acquire you are more confident in in your abilities or in taking on challenges so that has made me a little bit more competitive but originally younger you know when you're more insecure with who you are competition was just not for me um i mean remember um when i had to go sing in front of producers i did take some liquid courage and i took out my contact lens so <laughs> <laughs> right now i keep them in and i don't drink but <laughs> Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't go for something that's highly competitive, even though a little bit of competition is always healthy. Mm-hmm. So I how, accept it. How did you feel when you had golden medals in the karate tournaments? You're bringing out the karate. <laughs> oh, I feel like a lot of things in my life have been clashing with each other for a contradiction because even though I'm all, I have stage fright and I'm nervous to speak or sing or take on things or don't like competition, I still appreciate um, being in a lim- the limelight or highlighting people alongside me or taking the stage because singing makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, In terms of tournaments, obviously that's a competition and that's physical, you know, 
actual physical competition where we lightly, uh, most of the time, punch or kick each other. Um, lightly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do not like the term. But I guess, you know, maybe... I don't know. I don't, I, it was obviously a relief when I did win those <laughs> rounds. Um, and it, it did teach me to just be resilient and um, also to stand up for myself. Um, it's not just, you know, self-defense. It teaches you um, mental fortitude. And um, yeah, just to stand your ground, especially when you're the only girl <laughs> surrounded by boys. Yeah. But, but but you have so many medals. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it is a regret actually to have stopped. Um, but I I have a huge um, affinity for uh, martial arts, and although I don't continue karate, I, I do kickboxing right now. Do you still remember any katas or other moves from karate? Um, if I saw the video a few times of the kata, then yes, but. Mm. I cannot show. Don't <laughs> you know the fun thing that uh, I also I also did karate and I hated tournaments because of like I I have it's to boring. it's not not because I I need to punch but because I can get punched ah, I didn't like that and <laughs> and I still remember every time I see a movie and somebody mm. does some katas I'm like oh I remember that. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. Isn't that cool? But there are different types of uh, martial arts. So my karate was Shutokan karate. Yeah, same um, here. Yeah. Do you remember Basadai? Yeah, that but was... it was it was like one of the hardest, I guess, yeah. katas. It was definitely not the first, I guess. No, I think you had to be like a brown belt. Um, but yeah, some movies that I love were um, Ip Man, the first ones. And uh, anything yeah with martial arts is still cool for me to watch. You know, you are you are talking about this, and I I feel like I'm having in my mind first moves of the first kata, and it was like to left and to right and to yeah. straight, then uh -huh. once again to left, right, and so mm -hmm. so it was not that hard. But yeah, you, you mentioned brown belt, so basically I had it. So yeah, I n knew a lot of them. And watch out, worlds. Yuri had the yeah. Breath. The fun thing is that my my wife is kidding. This remind me some moves, and I'm like, <laughs> are you kidding me? I, I I have no idea about those moves. Like I I don't Anymore. remember that. But well, then you have muscle memory. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because when I when I see them, and if somebody will show me, I I can definitely repeat it. So it's that's mm. how our brain. You know, if you're doing something long enough, you definitely remember it. And uh, yeah, I'd like to think, you know, I mean, hopefully I never have to use my karate, honestly. But if I would, then they're coming with me. They're going down with me. <laughs> Tell me a story of your Portuguese sailboat coast tour and what happened next. Okay, this is a story. So, um, I'm going to tell you the story in two different perspectives so think of it think about it like a movie you know okay, when yeah. you see some uh someone's perspective happening and then something happens and then you see the other perspective <laughs> of the backstage and how they got there so um this is my this is the story about how i got engaged and um to give context um thanks Last year, I was turning 35, and it just dawned on me that, oh my god, I'm going to be 40 in five years. This <laughs> means full-on adult. I am getting old now. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, just thinking out loud with my then boyfriend, we were having tacos in Hamburg. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, so in five years, I'm 40. And if we want kids, then that means by 40, we should have at least one kid. And then I was just <laughs> doing everything... You know, um, how do you say, um, backwards? And so I was like, okay, so 39, I should be pregnant. 37, 38, I should be married. 36, I should get engaged. So I was like, Rafa, you have to propose next year. You have a year. <laughs> and he's like, with a taco in his mouth, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so 
So I was like, okay, I don't care how you do it. Just, you know, you have a year. I just request one thing that you do not do it in a restaurant. So <laughs> keep that in mind. And so, you know, the year goes by and there's no engagement. Um, and we're getting closer to that 36th anniversary or birthday. <laughs> and, um, you know, when we go on trips, I'm the one that usually plans everything. I have my itinerary, my Excel, all of the activities. I love doing that. And so um, we were set to go to Madeira, an island in Portugal. And uh, Rafa was like, oh, did you plan the itinerary? And I said, yes. He's like, okay, let me take a look. And he's like, oh, do you have something planned for Saturday? Yes, look at it. He's like, okay, cancel it. <laughs> okay, I play dumb. <laughs> I play dumb. <laughs> so we go on our trip. Saturday comes um, around and um, it's 25 degrees over there. And he says, um, maybe we should take our coats. Uh, <laughs> and we were, we were, we flew in from Berlin. So it was March and so cold in Berlin, March. And I'm like, I'm not going with my winter coat. <laughs> They're the city. And he's like, okay, well, I am. Okay, fine. Um, and right before we were heading out, um, it was really early in the morning, like 7 a.m. He's like, I'm going to go downstairs at the B&B bed and breakfast to get some coffee. And I said, why? We're about to have breakfast. He's like, well, you know how I am with my coffee. Like, okay. Anyway, we have breakfast. We go to the city. We have a fabulous time. Uh, we have lunch. We have tea. We have the their specialty drinks. Um, and finally, it's 4 o'clock. And mm -hmm. he gets a call. And the call is the um, skipper. Um, the surprise uh, sunset sailboat trip. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, apparently the skipper says that the waves are very rough. Um, would it be possible to just do it the next day? But we were flying back the next day. So he said, okay, well, I'll call back in an hour and see how it is. Okay, no problem. An hour goes by. He calls again. He says, okay, the waves are really rough. It doesn't mean that it's dangerous. It's just that the experience might not be as smooth. And so we're like, oh, that's fine. We're adventurers. Um, do you have like, you know, one of those um, pills, nausea pill? We'll just take that. So we get to the boat and he gives us a pill. And as soon as he docks out, Yuri, <laughs> the boat goes like this. <laughs> and so um as you uh, can imagine i um freaked out a little bit and um i was holding on to everything trying to look at the horizon <laughs> and just not interact with anybody or listen to anybody and the skipper was like hey Jennifer, do you want to connect your spotify to a phone to have some music i was like nope and he was asking me a bunch of questions to try and like calm me and i was like nope nope with my sunglasses on <laughs> and you're like, okay, well, don't worry. Just, uh, you know, this will be about two hours. We can turn back whenever you want. So I'm like, okay, oh my gosh, this is where Rafa's going to propose. And I'm here about to bark. So well, for the next 30 minutes, um, I'm not enjoying this boat, unfortunately. <laughs> and I see Rafa texting or taking like pictures of me. And I was like, why are you texting? You're making me more nauseous. Why are you taking mm -hmm. pictures of me? This is not funny. I had my bucket. And I start to doze off and hallucinate because I guess this was a very strong anti-nausea. Wow. <laughs> so I would doze off and I would wake up and be nauseous again. Anyway, after the hour, I said, okay, we're going back. I'm really sorry, but I can't do this. And so as soon as he turns around, I don't... I. Don't only throw up one, but I throw up five times in this bucket. And you know, when you throw up, you you cry. You have tears. And so I'm crying. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. And I'm just not, you know, enjoying this trip that I'm sure Rafa put a lot of effort in. And the guy just takes the bucket, throws it overboard. And I'm like, I want to go back home to the hotel. I'm never going to sail for so we get off the boat and then Rafa's like, well, I did reserve dinner. You know, this was supposed to be the celebratory dinner. I'm like, okay, we go to the dinner. And 
they took us to the beautiful restaurant overlooking the island. And as soon as we sit down, I hear Rafa go, fuck it, I'm doing it right now. And he gets on my knee and he proposes. And so I'm like, you're doing it in a restaurant? And so I was just like, <laughs> yes, just sit down, give me the ring. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. So that's the story. And just to fast forward, um, dessert at, between the first meal and the because it was an eight course meal that you have prepared with like wine pairings for everything and I had just thrown up my entire life. I couldn't enjoy that. So anytime uh-huh. we would come refill the wine, I would just give it to Rafa. So Rafa was getting drunk for both of us. And I was like, let's just call our family and tell them I'm so tired and tomorrow we're traveling. It's like, no, let's just enjoy it. And so I said, okay, fine. And then dessert comes and I see light, like a light that comes towards us. And I'm thinking, oh, they're ruining the cake with like, you know, candles. But it's a waiter with his phone and flashlight and he was recording us. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) And then I hear behind me, may we join you for dessert? And I turn around and it's my mom (laughs) with her husband who flew all the way from Florida for this specific moment. And I was just like you know stomped and flabbergasted and just in awe because for a second i was like is this for real like are you really here and that was really although you know i knew he was going to propose i didn't know about this surprise (laughs) so that's the story (laughs) of the engagement from my point of view (laughs) are you ready for the other point of view yeah yeah i'm waiting it like okay so then you know i was thinking wait how how did you get the engagement ring? Because the engagement ring, the diamond, was a, a gift from my mom. Hmm. And um, all we did is we we got uh, the you know the the ring done to hold the diamond, but it was in the states. So the story was that Rafa would be in cahoots with my mother for like the last two months planning this and saying how are you going to send the ring okay we'll send it via post is that safe we should have insurance um what if it gets lost um sending it to germany might incur taxes they'll have to tell we don't know what the value of this ring is but if it's like you know a million it's not a million but you know (laughs) like um so the idea was that she um fly with the ring Mm. um and surprise us (laughs) and what happened was that morning um, where Rafa went to get his coffee, he actually went to get the ring. And so <laughs> from my mom. And so my mom was in the Airbnb with us. She was in the city with us. So while we were enjoying our day that Saturday, Rafa was having multiple heart attacks because he was afraid that we would bump into my mother. And also <laughs> the person who was texting on the boat was the skipper because the skipper was also in on it. And the skipper was like, should I take out the bottle of champagne right now? And Rafa was like, no. Or like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you sure you want to propose right now? And he was like, I don't know. And then he would tell me that the person I was sending, I was taking a picture with your mom because I was telling her, I can't propose to you. Look, she's throwing up. <laughs> and my mom <laughs> apparently told him, you better propose before we get to the restaurant. <laughs> so poor Rafa was like, uh having nightmares the night before he told me he didn't play but he covered it pretty well but um <laughs> but yeah that was the crazy engagement story that's how you deal with unexpected things coming up your way and everything going not as you planned it <laughs> yeah so it was uh it, it, i wouldn't say it was a failed engagement proposal now we have a great story <laughs> yeah at the end of the day you know like it's it's all about how how it finished and it sounds like it finished great. <laughs> I know. How did you provoke? Did you provoke? Did you have a proposal? Yeah, it was not that hard. Uh, like for, for me, from my perspective. <laughs> I feel like I just got a ring and it was like something that will you marry me? 
And and that's all. And I feel like it was somewhere, somewhere in home. And the fun thing that we were not living together before marriage, and we were just meeting each other, and then all the stuff. And the fun thing that my wife still remembering and reminding me from time. I definitely remember it myself. But it was like we started dating when when we were in university, and I was like, as soon as I get a job, I will propose you. <laughs> so basically, that I got a job and like. One month or two months later, it was like, will you marry me? So, and it it was not, yeah, it was definitely unexpected, but not like super unexpected. You have and, to have uh, an element of surprise. Because, you know, I was thinking like, okay, I, I need to have some money. You know, if, if we are going to get married, I, at least I need some money because <laughs> parents definitely can help, but it yeah. would be weird. So, yeah, sometimes simple is way better. Or, you know, adding your own personality touch to it, which I'm sure you did. Yeah, it was, yeah. And, it, it, and we were super young, you know, we were like 20, 21, something like that. Wow. So yeah, You're so like, lucky you found your person with you. And we were, we were, the fun thing that uh, at the first course, like we were learning together. Yeah. And then we didn't see each other in the first course. Like, we were in the same group, but mm -hmm. then it started somewhere like on the second course or on the third course. So you noticed her. Yeah, yeah it, and it was the same way from her. It, it was this mm -hmm. random, oh, wow. Hello <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to marry this woman. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's a great story also. Yeah. And the fun thing that we had a kid. So currently my kid is like 12 years old and... Okay. Uh, I had a lot of friends who were like, oh my God, you are so young. You're already having a kid. How do you manage? And I'm normally like, is it something weird? Like, yeah, it's a kid. So, so what? <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, you might have sleepless nights and all the stuff. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have, everybody has different views of how yeah it depends it depends all, all depends on how you yeah. how you think and how you prepared on what you've seen mm -hmm. in your like life practice and etc because i know some people are really afraid of having children because like i can manage a dog how can i manage a children but there is not such a big difference you know yeah <laughs> i feel like managing a dog is harder than managing a kid <laughs> yes and for me plants unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> You have this fun. You, I feel like you have all plans, so. <laughs> yes, we have a plan. But, you know, sometimes it's just better not to have anything planned. As we can see. <laughs> let, let life happen to you, but just guide it. You know, make life yeah. happen for you. <laughs> I, I, I had this conversation with Carolyn Zick, and she, taught, mm -hmm. she uh, called a term created serendipity. Oh, yeah. That's such a community thing to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's a community builder. So, yeah. How did you feel? How did you feel when you knocked out a robot in the robot restaurant? <laughs> so, this was a Japan trip. Um, Tokyo, Tokyo restaurant. If anybody's going to Japan in Tokyo, and if it's still open, I hope it is. It was a very fun experience. Go to Tokyo restaurant. You have a meal and there's uh, like a boxing match between robots. <laughs> um, um, I, some of them were humans dressed up as robots. Um, but it was, it was really fun because, you know, on the one side you have Jen is terrified of being in the center of attention. And then you have... <laughs> The other one that's like, oh, yeah, but I do really like it, though. And so going there was fun. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to use my karate. And so I'm doing my, like, jab and my cross. Um, I think I have a video somewhere. It's really fun. I enjoyed my time. It's really good. Yeah, I saw this video. It was really fun. So. Oh, you saw it? Where is it? I was like, where can it's I It's on Instagram. It? Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> have you been to Japan? Not yet, but I really love its culture. And I really love uh, the mindset that they have and uh, have a few friends from Japan mm. like they're also freelancers and we talk here and there and I'm getting uh, a glimpse on Japan culture from them and I'm learning so much and the fun thing there is uh, this person 
in 9am community chica hero and he told me that they have this tradition in japan to eat kfc on christmas Yes, yes, I read about that. But it's true. so fun. I was like, oh, wow, it's so <laughs> fun. Yeah, so, and, you know, I, I just I just love their approach of being calm and mindful and think about what's happening. Not like, definitely you, you still have emotions for sure, but not, not take it personally and uh, always think like what will happen next like should i if if somebody you know if somebody gives you a let's say a challenge like mm -hmm. word challenge if somebody uh, wants to insult you or something like that that you you don't have to be uh, yeah you don't have to react you don't have to be in this situation because if this person wants you to engage you don't have to accept it Because usually, you know, like in, in, in Ukrainian mindset, if, if somebody tries to uh, attack you, you are giving it back. <laughs> what, what, what did you say? Like, yeah. And then if you are not taking this gift, it remains with its owner. So, and I was like, I, I don't remember when I, I had the story somewhere that it was a Japanese teacher and somebody ran out the door and like started shouting at, at him and like trying to fight with him and he was just mm. sitting still and then this person ran, ran away and then students asking, why didn't you answer? Why did you accept this fight? And he was like, when you are giving a gift to somebody, people can accept this or not accept this. So if you are not accepting it, the gift remains with its owner. So the same is here. You can accept it or not. I, and he told like, I didn't, I, I didn't want to accept it. So it remained with this person. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, wow, really? Is it even possible? But it's it's really great mindset. Yeah, that is very nice. I don't think I've heard about the gift. Um, but I, um, I do um, highly respect their honor system. And South Korea also has it. Um, one day uh, we went out, a friend of mine, and um, she had forgotten her phone there. We went up clubbing, you know, that night. So for sure we were thinking from our own experience in the Western world, oh, it's gone. We're never going to find your phone. So she called club and she said, hey, by any chance, would you have my phone? And they're like, oh, yes, it's still here. And so she went to pick it up. When she picked it up, they had even charged it for her. <laughs> And another instance, I went to a coffee shop to do some laptop work in South Korea. And I had my bag, backpack, you know, all my belongings, my laptop, my phone. I went to the bathroom. I came back. And all my stuff was still there. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> they know that it doesn't belong to them. And so they respect other people's um, things and property. Yeah, it's it's something that many cultures lack of, for sure. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, were you a strict teacher? No. Another reason why I think I might have been a performer of some, start, of some sort in another life is that when I would teach, I would put on a character <laughs> and I would just become this larger-than-life person because, you know, you're teaching children English or <laughs> It has, you have to make it fun somehow. <laughs> so I would create these games and make it um, very interactive and kind of feed onto what they like so that I would maintain their attention. We would do songs and yeah, I, I wasn't strict. Sometimes um, the difference between, I did notice a difference between South Korean children and Spanish children. Um, and But otherwise, it's fine. They're children, of course. They're not going to always pay attention to you. and You have to let them play. <laughs> and what about making kids say, I will not speak Korean? Oh, yeah. Where did you read that? It was on Instagram. <laughs> it's everything oh, there. Oh, your life is there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Good thing it's private. But um, I think this came actually from the co-teachers. They, mm. whenever, whenever they would try, they would speak Korean or they, 
they would reinforce and be my backup um, if I wasn't able to have them just speak English. And so it was kind of this collective thing where they would all say together, we don't speak Korean or I will not speak Korean. Yeah, so, because yeah. They, they have to speak English. You're, you're teaching them English. So, mm -hmm. yeah. But it was fun. It was, it, it, look, it looked fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, experience of a lifetime. Amazing. You know, Jen, I really wish to have the sky as a limit to our conversation, but time is the limit. So let's jump to the rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Oh, rapid fire questions. Okay. <laughs> Korean or Spanish cuisine? Korean. Travel solo or with friends? With friends. <laughs> what are your favorite color and song? Blue. Uh, no, can't answer that. No songs I like, too big of a repertoire, but um, for today, I I'll, <laughs> I'll give you a genre. Um, I really like blues and soulful R and B music, like big voices. But then I also like really cheap, overproduced pop songs. <laughs> they're just you know they're bad, but they have such a catchy tune. I love that too. If you were a superhero, what superpower would you have? Um, can I pick three? <laughs> sure, it's up to you. <laughs> okay, so the power of persuasion. Um, the, um, super strength and maybe flight. Like basically, basically, if you can fly and you have super strength, like power of persuasion is coming with it. <laughs> Actually, no, I take that back. Not super strength, but telekinesis. Okay, it makes it even easier. <laughs> Who do you learn from in the community world? Name just one person. Yuri! <laughs> <laughs> it's cheating, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, um, I at some point, I was um, listening a lot to In Before the Lock, mm -hmm. the, the podcast with Erica and Brian. Uh, but uh, when I first started out, it was really like just DMX all the way. So, I mean, DMX is not a person, but, you know, that's Beth and David. Um, and now I also um, read uh, Noelle Flowers' blog. Um, I mm -hmm. receive her, obviously Richard, but, you know, that's everybody. <laughs> um, it's definitely a little bit more than one person, for sure. Yeah, and... <laughs> But, you know, I, I scan the Slack, the community Slack, and people have such cool ideas. So it, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, this mini celebrity within our community industry or not. Like, um, those are the lucky ones. Well, not lucky. They did put a lot of work into their work, so I take that back. Um, but, there are um, so many hidden gems. Yes. Yes. So those are mo mostly our, our leaders, I want to say. So they're, it's always good to look up to them. Um, but yeah, that's why, like you, like you're doing right now, you're speaking to all of us. You're being inspired by all of these stories that you're hearing. And... Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it influences your story. And yeah, it's yeah, I I totally get it. And name two people who I should definitely reach out to and have this conversation with. So um, Joanna um, Butchmeyer, thank you for Joanna and oh, what about um, is it Demario or Mario? Yeah. Do you know who I'm talking about? What's Demario is amazing. Demario Bell. Yeah. Okay, so Demario Bell. <laughs> okay. Is there one question that I definitely should have asked you but didn't? Um. No. <laughs> I, I mean, we could have gone on and on, but uh, no. I think you covered everything i still have a ton so as i told it's just because of time and of limit. course i can't think about questions now because i'm all hyped up and i'm still in high <laughs> adrenaline from talking to you so i can't really <laughs> rely on my brain <laughs> yeah no worries it's just the beginning you know it's like volume one then volume two so we definitely continue this conversation and Starting from the bottom now we're here i'm so happy to get to know more about you 
So thank you very much for sharing that because, you know, I was thinking like, okay, I know Jen, I know what she does in the community world, but I have no idea what is what is the human behind. <laughs> and finally, you know, when I was when I was preparing, I found that you are so fun, interesting, open, shiny person that I was like, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, let's talk. Definitely, I have to know more and. That's exactly how it is. That's exactly how I feel. So thank you very much for your time and for this conversation. And I'm 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 super happy to learn more about you. <laughs> yeah, right back at you, Yuri. I'm glad I reached out. Thank you very much. And see you in the community world. <laughs>